0: Nick Abbott on LBC. Call 0345 6060 973. I will get back to your calls. A lot of people want to talk about how delightful or not Brexit has been. Um, but uh, first, Simon Marks is LBC's US correspondent and joins me now from Washington, D.C. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Long time no speak. Good to be back with you. Uh, Nice to have you back. Uh, Let's talk about Joe Biden. Now, the uh, President of the United States on tour has the same carbon footprint as an active volcano. (laughs) But... 85-car entourage when the last stop on his trip is a climate change conference? That's ridiculous. Quite
1: extraordinary. Extraordinary scenes on the streets of Rome on Friday after the President uh, arrived there in the early hours of the morning and then, uh, as dawn broke, prepared for his meeting uh, with Pope Francis at the Vatican. Uh, This 85-car convoy, which even, I have to say, by presidential standards is... uh, An enormous convoy made its way uh, to St. Peter's for that meeting. Uh, Once it was over, uh, and the the two men were together for about 90 minutes, for a conversation that the White House insisted was all about climate change in very large measure, once it was over, uh, the uh, president uh, stayed behind for further meetings with various uh, cardinals and Vatican officials, and the Pope was seen leaving the Vatican, driving past the assembled White House press corps, in a single grey Fiat, um, which just absolutely contrasted with the uh, enormous size uh, of Joe Biden's convoy. And it's not just the size of Joe Biden's convoy that's raising eyebrows here. Barack Obama, former president, uh, announced a couple of weeks ago that he was going to be attending COP26. Well, I don't think he was uh, battling to get on the train at Houston. Private jets from the United States and all other uh, all sorts of other countries uh, descending uh, on. Glasgow. My favorite development, though, of the last week has been Joe Biden so desperate. Uh, to try and get Congress to pass those two key issues in his domestic uh, agenda, his infrastructure deal and his bigger public spending uh, deal, both of which have been gummed up in Congress. He was so desperate to get Democrats to get these things through before he left the United States that he was reportedly dangling the prospect of a free ride on Air Force One To Glasgow if they would only go ahead and vote for his legislation well to the surprise of no one that didn't seem to appeal to uh, very many uh, Democrats in Congress and so the legislation still waits to be passed
0: Yeah, that's an it's an odd situation isn't it because as far as I know that it's being held up by two Democrats uh, both of whom seem to be P- practically Republican in their thinking. What's going on there? Yeah, well, I mean, and in the case of one of them, Senator Joe Manchin of West
1: Virginia, someone who, at least it's reported here, has been flirting with the possibility of leaving the Democratic Party and joining the Republicans. Uh, I, I mean, yes, this legislation is being held up by Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kristen Sinema uh, from Arizona. They are conservative Democrats, but equally, it's being held up in the House of Representatives by left-wing Democrats like uh, Bernie Sa- well Bernie Sanders in the Senate, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, in the House of Representatives and a host of others. Uh, so what's going on here is that Joe Biden is really stuck between a rock and a hard place. He wants to spend vast amounts of money, you know, that infrastructure deal when it was first mooted, uh, topped $3 trillion. In negotiations, that's been cut back to about $1.75 trillion. And these negotiations have seen people on the right angle and the left chipping away uh, with uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema on the right saying they don't want to see very much done uh, that in any way is going to worsen the country's fiscal position and in the case of Joe Manchin being outspoken and saying look I just don't believe in this kind of liberal public spending that's not what my voters who are conservative Democrats in a pretty conservative state West Virginia favour and then on the uh, the left you've got the progressive gadflies, who were saying, well, hang on a second, we're supposed to be Democrats, we're supposed to be doing more uh, to protect the interests uh, of the poorest working families in the United States. So, huge discussion, for example, over uh, the President's proposal for 12 uh, weeks of paid leave for new parents in the United States, a plan backed publicly uh, in the last 10 days by, among others, uh, Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, who wrote to both Charles Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, the two most powerful Democrats uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, to urge them to get behind this uh, proposal for 12 weeks of paid leave. Well, it's gone. Uh, And it's gone because the right wingers, uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, uh, wouldn't stand for it because they thought it was not, not just a step too far, but an enormous leap too far. Whereas for progressives, of course, it's a bellwether because they say 12 weeks is the minimum that a modern United states should be offering uh, new parents. So that's gone from the legislation and that is causing considerable angst among grassroots Democrats who are worried uh, about the direction that Joe Biden finds himself on.
0: Right, and um, that has led to, well, partly, um, Joe Biden's worst popularity ratings for a while.
1: Yeah, we had another poll today from NBC News. His approval rating in their survey down to 42%. There have been surveys where it's been even lower. There was one poll uh, about two weeks ago showing that that number was down at about 38% and There was a poll uh, just a few days ago in the all-important battleground state of New Hampshire that shows 68% of likely voters in uh, the next uh, election cycles believe that the country is on the wrong track. And if that's mirrored uh, across the country, that suggests we're heading towards a series of change elections. Throw the rascals out, even though in this case, uh, Joe Biden's only just arrived in office. So everybody's eyes in the days ahead should be on Virginia, just to the south of us here in Washington, D.C. Uh, On Tuesday, there is an election for the governor's mansion in Virginia, and it pitches... Um, A real dinosaur uh, of the Democratic elites, Terry McAuliffe, a former governor of Virginia, very close to the Clintons uh, and the Obamas, uh, against a Trump-backed Republican, Greg Youngkin. And it increasingly looks like Greg Youngkin is going to bring off... Uh, a come-from-behind victory that will send a real shockwave through the Democratic Party if, in the early hours of Wednesday morning, he is declared the victor in that race and it's going to cause substantial embarrassment to Joe Biden while he's in Europe if indeed the Democrats lose that's not over yet last minute campaigning has been taking place uh, all weekend uh, but certainly the numbers do not look too good for the Democrats there and you know Virginia is one of those battleground states that are going to be very important um, as we head towards the 2024 presidential election yeah and and the midterms as well when's that uh, that's in November of 2022. So what's happening in Virginia, and there's also a, a, a race for the uh, governor's mansion in uh, New Jersey this week, those are sort of off-year elections. Uh, but the the next big action takes place in exactly one year's time. Uh, one-third of the Senate and the entire House of Representatives up for grabs, plus, I think, 36 um, Governor's mansions will be on the line in in those midterm elections, mm-hmm. and they're going to be a referendum on Joe Biden's first uh, two years in office. Absolutely no question about that, and the Democrats know it, um, and that's why it is so important for Joe Biden to try and get these spending bills through Congress uh, today. He indicated, and the White House is indicating, uh, that he hopes that votes might be taken on Tuesday, and that finally this legislation that he's been Uh, devoting weeks of time to trying to get members of his own party to pass, may finally start reaching his desk to be signed into law. But if there are any more delays, uh, that is only further going to uh, cause wrinkles and difficulty for him at a time when the economy is still performing pretty sluggishly. And there are growing fears here of uh, the first evidence of inflationary pressures. We've seen wages and prices rising simultaneously. I mean, we we all know where that heads, um, which would also be very bad news for him as he as he prepares for a big electoral outing for the Democrats next November.
0: Yes, just to put it into, pers- into perspective, though, Biden's uh, approval rating um, after uh, you know in, in the sort of um, mid period of his uh, presidency would be expected to be low, it always is, and uh, the 42% is the headline number, his approval rating is 42%, which is apparently lower than any other modern first year president at a similar point in time, with the key exception of (laughs) Donald Trump, whose approval rating averaged 37%, 5% lower when uh, he was at the same period in his presidency. And who who never as president saw his approval rating rise
1: above 50%. But the difficulty for Democrats in all of this is it wasn't supposed to be like this. I mean, you didn't think that nine months into the Biden presidency you'd be saying... Well, you know, at least he's just a little bit better than Donald Trump in terms of approval. That's not where they thought they would be at all, especially as we head into a a winter that's going to see all sorts of complexities with COVID-19 coinciding with flu, Mm. more questions about where the economy is going. And that number from New Hampshire, 68 percent of likely voters saying the country's on the wrong track. That's got to be chilling, uh, chilling Democrats to the bone.
0: Yeah, um, I do feel a little sympathy for him, though, because he his plans, his infrastructure plans, are um, something that the majority of Americans really approve of. Yes. They're not really very controversial. They're talking about uh, improving um, roads and bridges and rail and, and all these sort of things that people care about. Even the Republicans would vote for them. It's the left. It's the stupid idiots on mm-hmm. the left who are fighting amongst themselves. Half of them, well, not half, but a, a, significant, a significant number saying it doesn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. And just enough to screw it up, saying it goes too far. I mean, that mm-hmm. I would have predicted that the left would form a circular shooting squad and take themselves out. <laughs> Well, anyone who has flown into an American airport over the last
1: decade will know that there are no shortage of infrastructure problems that need to be dealt with here. I mean, you can fly to to Asia, and and you can eat off the floor of airports in places like Singapore. I I, I mean, you fly into John F. Kennedy Airport, and it is like (laughs) flying into a third-world experience uh, in New York City. So there is no shortage of infrastructure projects that... Uh, desperately need funding here, roads and bridges that need to be uh, repaired and uh, uh, recast. And also tied up in both the infrastructure and the broader public spending bills are Joe Biden's plans for climate change. I mean, as you know, I've been in the UK for the last few weeks. And uh, when you see the pace of change in Britain in terms of the adoption and the preparation for the adoption of electric cars... And you look at what's going on here in the United States, where, sure, on the east and west coasts, uh, you see quite a lot of Teslas on the streets. But once you get into the big middle of the country, it's all still the huge, big gas guzzlers and the absolute determination that there is no need for Americans to embrace any kind of alternative uh, to fossil fuels when it comes to the purchase of new cars. I mean, Joe Biden's trying to emulate what's taking place, not just in the UK. But in Europe and in Asia, in terms of that, that move towards the electrification of vehicles, as an opportunity to, first of all, get the country off its dependence on fossil fuels, but obviously also to clean up the environment, that he goes to COP26 in Glasgow, unable to say we've just got that legislation through congress and we're really moving ahead is a big problem for a president of the united states who says that he's attended the g20 this weekend and is going to cop twenty six in order to say i am in the poll position we are the world's leader we are leading the charge not just on climate change but on a raft of other issues so it definitely is
0: problematic for him Uh, Just finally, and um, it'll have to be uh, briefly, uh, uh, Donald Trump's um, popularity rating was 37% at the period in his presidency that Joe Biden is at now, and yet his popularity rating seems to be significantly less than 37% with his own wife. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Have you seen the pictures? They're quite something. They
1: went to uh, a World Series game in Atlanta last night. I mean, to be fair, there are quite a lot of pictures of the two of them smiling and looking uh, reasonably happy, but there is one extraordinary sort of (laughs) four-second video sequence where someone in the crowd appears to be um, screaming messages of approval at Donald Trump, and he's uh, smiling broadly at them, and she is smiling broadly for as long as she thinks that he might be looking at her, Mm. and as soon as it becomes apparent that his gaze has slightly shifted, then she immediately goes into that absolute, you know, the ice queen (laughs) that we've seen (laughs) on so many occasions. I mean, the only surprising thing was that he actually took the real Melania the World <laughs> Series. You didn't. The double must have had the night at Mar-a-Lago, because there was no sign of the double last night.
0: Yeah, I think happiness in the Trump marriage requires separate bedrooms, in separate houses, in separate states. Yeah,
1: I think in separate cities, for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Simon. Thanks for that. <laughs> Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent from Washington, D.C. Coming up at one on LBC, Darren Adam. Starting today, the UK hosts 200 countries at the
1: COP26 Climate Change Summit. What do you expect from the next 2 weeks Darren Adam on LBC